Hi, this is Chris Evans, and uh, I'll be on the Frontline Forward podcast today, so I hope you can join us. We'll be talking about a few interesting things. Um, I've been asked to be a guest speaker and talking about my 23-year career with Wildfire Rescue and a couple of other business ventures that I started, including Back in Service, which is taking old re, uh, decommissioned fire gear and repurposing it, putting some money towards our local food bank. And uh, yeah, hope you have time to, uh, to listen in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is for you. If you're just getting up out of bed, if you're just going to bed, uh, welcome to the Frontline Forward podcast. Uh, I'm here with my uh, my good friend, my sidekick. I don't know what uh, what I'm going to call him. I got to come up with a funky name for him. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Ron Sonoda, good morning, autumn greetings, bro. There we go. And uh, Max, the Wonder Dog. Uh, Brittany is here, uh, our website and our, uh, I, she just keeps the, she's the glue. She keeps this all together. Uh, and we're here with the compass nine group and, uh, we just want to say welcome. Thank you for, uh, for tuning in. Hopefully we can entertain you for the next little bit. I'm sure we can with the guests that we have this morning. Uh, let's start out by saying welcome to Mr. Chris Evans. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Terrific. You look terrific. Well, I mean, uh, you got to dress for a success. Like you said, said. Yeah, you come yeah. in here with a jacket. Here I am <laughs> sitting in a t-shirt and shorts. Well, I'm definitely feeling a little bit overdressed <laughs> now, but that's no, okay. It's that's all good. Okay. Um, it's wonderful to have you here, uh, Chris. Uh, you've got just about a million fricking things on the go. I do. <clears throat> and we're, uh, we're going to touch on them. Okay. Um, but a couple of a uh, couple of things that I just wanted to uh, just point out at at the top of the show here. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, Ron and I lost one of our uh, our coworkers, Mr. Sean Risling, uh, paramedic with Halt Mississauga. When you and I were back there, when ambulances were first being invented, yes, uh, way back then, um, Sean was there, and then uh, he transferred over to Halton Halton Region, right? As an ACP, right? <clears throat> yeah, and Sean. Uh, uh, passed away uh, just uh, last September sorry, 18th. I September believe. 18th. Yep. Yeah, just passed away. So we just want to say a shout out to him and uh, to the group down at uh, Halton EMS. Uh, yeah, we're thinking about you. Yeah, brothers and sisters and their family. Absolutely. Um, my mom sent me, uh, my mom's a, a colorful lady and uh, she's got a big line dancing class going on over there this morning. Uh, she sent me this thing. She goes, what do you think of this? And I just want to do it to, if I, if you don't mind, I just, I want to read just a little bit. Of, and it came from uh, a doctor, uh, Bonnie Henry. Uh, she's a Canadian physician with the uh, provincial health officer with uh, the province of British Columbia. She's an epidemiologist uh, and she's won numerous awards uh, with the New York times with her research and, and the whole bit, this whole COVID thing, like, it's just, we're about to go kaboom here again, Chris. I know, I know. It's hard not to think about it. It is. Yeah. Because it's here. But what what blows me away is just, um, and I mean, we, we all have our own opinions, right? Um, are we prepared for it? Are we not prepared for it? What are we doing? And what, what uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry does, she basically just said, okay, look, all you stupid people. <laughs> this is what this really, because she takes... All the big words, all the, the research, the science, and she goes, uh, it's not that hard to figure out Yeah, that uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic. 
things were going along. Now we uh, we were doing our best with social distancing. We introduced social distancing. We introduced hand washing. Uh, funny story with that about. Ten years ago in the air ambulance uh, program when I was there, we had these training programs. I don't know whether you guys did this with the fire. You'll have to tell me. Oh, yeah. But we go in for this training program, and we think we're going to be doing all this wild, wonderful stuff. And we go in, and this very nice young lady is up at the front of the room, and we're all in there. And she goes, and we're wondering, oh, my gosh, is she the new scientist? Is she the new trauma doctor, whatever? She goes, no, today's uh, whole training program is on Washing your hands. <laughs> and we all sat there and went, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, there's no way. I'm... And we sat there and she goes, you know, uh, sing happy birthday yeah. to yourself yeah, yeah, while you're yeah. washing the hands and yeah. make sure you get in here and under here. That was 10 years ago. And here we are today. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Did yeah, you guys yeah. have anything like oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? You have to, it's almost like starting right from the beginning. You know, yep. this is how you do it. And But I mean... Uh, it's just making sure that all bases are covered, I think. It know? is, absolutely. Yeah. But anyways, just just briefly, there's about 18 points. I won't read them all, but uh, uh, Dr. Henry Camillo says, we, we may have to live with COVID-19 for months, if not years to come. Uh, so she goes, uh, let's see, she goes, so let's not uh, deny it or panic. Uh, let's not make our lives use, uh, useless. Let's learn to live with this thing rather than try to... Uh, Destroyed, and she says right here, you can't destroy the virus. So she goes, we're all talking about, uh, you know, ways and hopefully we're going to get uh, uh, ways of killing this virus off. Well, you can't. You can't kill a virus. It just mutates. It changes. It, right. It's, it's ever-changing. So she goes, you can't destroy it. Um, so she says, you know what it comes down to? Washing your hands. And she's got it in bold lettering here. Just wash your hands, people. <laughs> and she goes, please, gloves, please stop wearing gloves. She tells people, and it is. I, I didn't, you know, it, it must be a factor with you as, as a frontline worker where we're going to get into how tough your job is right now. Right. Um, but it really comes down to people are wearing gloves incorrectly. They're wearing them at the wrong times. And then she also addresses the whole thing about the mass because we think that the mass are the end all to be able they're going to save the world. Yeah. No. The answer is no. Lots of people wear the mask wrong. I, I just about fall over laughing when I see people driving down the road oh, yeah. and they got their masks on, they got their gloves on. And, and there's look of fright on their face, you know, just <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So it's just she just comes down to um no, she's talking about like, uh, she says COVID-19 is not a food infection. It is associated with uh, drops of infection like the flu. Uh, there is no demonstrated risk uh, that you're going to get it from food. She also talks about, uh, you know, once you're at home, if you want to go through the whole gamut of taking your clothes off and putting <laughs> them in the washer and, and going in and have a shower, she goes, it's a little excessive, a little but bit, she goes, yeah. <laughs> if you want to, go ahead. Basically, what and, and all, I encourage people to go online and take a look at this. Uh, it's Dr. Bonnie uh, French, and uh, it is, uh, it's an, or sorry, Bonnie Henry, and it is an interesting read where she's basically just telling people, look, social distance when you can. Stop wearing masks all the time. Uh, wash your hands. And uh, let's just use a little bit of common sense. Right. But unfortunately, common sense 
a lot of us don't have very much of. <laughs> and that, that, that's, uh, that's where it's sitting. But uh, it's an interesting, interesting read here. Um, so I'll, I'll just encourage people to, to do that. All right, let's get down to the meat and potatoes. Mr. Chris Evans, today is your anniversary. 23 years on the job. 23 years. Yeah. Waterloo Fire, Fire Rescue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're with uh, Waterloo Fire Rescue. Mm-hmm. Uh, been there your whole career? Yeah, yeah. I started out taking a course out in Newfoundland, went from uh, Northern Ontario, moved out to Newfoundland, and oh uh, had, didn't have anything to do, so I uh, <laughs> signed up with the local volunteer, volunteer fire hall, and they would have about uh, 12 or 14 calls a year, mostly, <laughs> uh, you know, false alarms and <laughs> chimney fires, stuff like that, right? <laughs> and... Uh, then uh, through that, they told me, um, like, they're a great bunch out there, and uh, they told me about this course out in um, uh, St. John's, that uh, this firefighting course. So, I mean, I one step to another and looked into it, and then I uh, got into the program, and it was about five months long. And back then, 23 years ago, firefighting schools were not, uh, there weren't very many of them, yeah. you know. So uh, I figured this was a good opportunity to kind of look into this uh, career, you know. So living out in Marystown, there was a RCMP detachment, a big one, and a full a five bay uh, a volunteer fire hall. I mean, it was beautiful. So wow. I was literally at the one traffic light in Marystown. <laughs> there's just one. Right. So if you're going to drive downtown, it's not going to take you long, you know. <laughs> so there's one traffic light, and I'm pretty much picking a career because I uh, moved out there with my wife at the time, and uh, and I had to pick something to do. So it was either going to be RCMP or or uh, in the fire service, right? So right. The guys were sitting outside the hall. Drove over and they're like, you know, with their great uh, typical uh, East Coast accent, you know, you're a mainlander, eh? And it didn't take them long to figure figure it out. Right. So anyway, um, I got signed up and uh, would would attend uh, training and then uh, took the course in in, uh, St. John's. And then, you know, just one thing led to another. Uh, Applied in um, a couple of uh, places in in Ontario. And um, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot lot harder now. Back then, it was was easier. do to get don't sell yourself short here Chris. <laughs> come on but i mean it was it was i still consider it hard but to today it's, it's quite it's quite difficult to to get into emergency services it's it's um uh, a career that's really uh uh i think boosted in in popularity especially post 9 11 yeah and um it's uh it's a wonder it's wonderful uh yeah. police fire ambulance it's uh they're, they're great careers and, and 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 i'm very proud to to be doing what i'm doing yeah and you work for a fantastic service out yeah. there yeah. yeah, yeah, I know a lot of the guys and girls associated with uh, with Waterloo Fire, and uh, you guys do uh, you do an amazing job. Thanks, as, as they all do. But uh, you guys and girls most certainly uh, uh, are here uh, to respond to the call when the people in this region reach out. Right on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So let me ask you something. Uh, where's the best burger place in Kitchener, Waterloo? To eat? Oh man, what do you think? There's a place down on uh main street or uh sorry king street in yeah. waterloo there's a burger place i, I think uh, but you know with this whole COVID thing i yeah. some places are opening up and some places are closing down like it's hard to keep track sometimes the best burger place yeah Man, you got me you got me that because i'm thinking you know i i have my opinion uh-huh. but i'll leave it at that uh go ahead what's yours uh I mean, I, I, I flip-flop back and forth all the time. Uh, I, I love going up to Sunny's up in Waterloo. Oh, yeah. Love it. Right by Station 1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it is. It's It's got that little bit of old-style feel to it. 
But uh, it's great yeah. burgers. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You can't. Are you a that. burger guy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I I make my own, but uh, <laughs> uh, you try to eat, try to eat healthy these days, right? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but but you know, love a good burger, right? For sure. Yeah. So uh, you're going to let us in on any secrets, like uh, recipes that you do at the fire hall that you can uh, can reach out to the group? Well, I mean, I think uh, a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the, uh, when I see a lot of the guys, I mean, that's the guys and girls at the fire mm-hmm. hall. They all have their, I think, specialty. Yeah. They, they, they like to do, right? Yeah. Whether it's a dessert or it's uh, it's a main meal. I mean, I, I'm kind of known for my wraps. Is that right? Yeah. And I make a pretty good chicken cordon bleu, I got to oh, tell you. Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a go-to one. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to eat, right? I mean, we're doing a 24-hour shift. So, uh, yeah. so um, it's nothing new. I mean, everybody pretty much knows that. We got to... We go out for meals, like we get our food and go back to the hall and cook. And, and uh, you know, we have stuff dropped off, which is very, very nice. And, uh, uh, but uh, it's, it, I never knew back then that this was part of the, the fire hall lifestyle, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm liking it. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And are we you, have, are you sticking around for a few more years? Yeah. Or what's got, the plan? I've got just under four left. Really? Yeah. And then I got to go. You gotta I, go, and I'll go kick and screaming. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what hall are you at? I'm at Station Four, actually, which is at 911 uh, University Avenue East, up by Rim Park. Yeah, up by so Rim Park. There, it's a new kind of uh, area, a lot of new homes, and uh, uh, the call volumes are not like they are down at uh, Station One and Two. But we've, uh, you know, definitely noticed a drop, a significant drop, uh, because of uh, the uh, precautions and of COVID and you know, with, it's just impacted everything with uh, the students uh, not being here so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we're, we're, we're developing or have the, the department has developed their own PPE uh, program. Is that right? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, much like any other department, it's not a standard. I mean, every, I think department has their own um, methods of, uh, of um, their own PPE program because of COVID. So with, with the lack uh, of, of that equipment available, they kind of had to make some changes uh, to how they're going to respond to medical calls, keeping themselves protected, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's using, whether it's wearing their BA mm-hmm. um, or it's um, reducing the call volume calls that they respond to. Right. It's just going to, you know, with fire, just going to uh, life threatening calls uh, and, and obviously fire structure, fire, motor vehicle accidents. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. BA is not a Bachelor of Arts, bro. Oh, it's not. No, it's. I, I know. Oh, I have that written. I down. know you got the big brain. You're thinking masters and doctor. BA is breathing apparatus. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> <Smart> ass. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're a fire paramedic. You got right? all the notes there. You look so professorial. <laughs> professorial? Yeah, probably made that up, man. Professor yeah. is that a word? I don't know. It is today. Yeah, it's it's a Scrabble word. I'm I'm going to challenge that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, well, we're going to have to try those, uh, those wraps. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, try this. They're, uh, there's something else, but they're never, they're never the same. No, no, no. You <laughs> throw something else in there. I'll forget something or, but I mean, at the end they're, yeah, they work pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, you obviously enjoy being a firefighter, Love being it. a first responder. Love it. How yeah. come? Uh, well, the, um, you know, to, to say I, I like giving back to my community, I think that's a given with any uh, um, a frontline worker. Uh, I, I enjoy the uh, interacting with the general public. Um, 
the medical component is very interesting for me. I didn't uh, realize 23 years ago that it was, you know, a, a big major part of being a firefighter is, uh, is the medical calls that would go on and, and assist uh, paramedics with, you know. So uh, why do I like it? Is there's some, um, it's just a, uh, it's not a job for everybody, that's for sure. But I mean, we get to uh, do some very interesting training with 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 uh, great equipment and and you're working with some amazing people um like i said interacting with with the community uh you know you name it it's uh uh yeah you get to, it's just a it's a, a fun career i didn't know it was going to be as as interesting as it was like i said i had my focus on fire that, that that's all it was but there's so much more to it than that and getting involved in various committees and 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 community organizations as well yeah are you you know, uh, for myself, maybe you can speak to this, but people have been asking me lately, like I retired in 2017 and people say, do you miss the job? And I always knee jerk. I want to say yes. But when I think about it for a second, the answer is no, I don't miss the job. I miss the people. Yeah. I miss because, yeah. and, and you can speak to this, uh, they get to be your family. Yeah, that's true. There's such a close connection. Like in the air ambulance program, uh, you know, it was uh, our captain, our uh, our first officer, and then the two medics in the back, and we really were a family. We we talked about all kinds of shit in the middle of the night in the back <laughs> of that aircraft, just like family does. Uh, yeah. uh, but, I mean, we, uh, we we really became close, and we we looked at it as – uh, you know, it goes back to a little bit of militaristic term here, but we went out on a, on a mission and we come back and, and that's the way it was. And, you know, there's lots of times we do calls and then we come back to, uh, the hangar there and we, we hang out and talk for hours and hours and hours about families, about mm -hmm. whatever we're doing. So that's what I miss. I miss the, inter and, and I miss the training. Uh, training was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun to learn new things, new ways of doing things. Right, right. Yeah. I'm sure it's that way for you. Yeah, too. I'm, I'm having more fun now than than ever, and I think because really? because of those points that you just said. I mean, you you over these years you develop these um, relationships with people you that do. you that you work with, and yeah. uh, uh, you become more comfortable and knowledgeable of the of uh, the work that you're doing. Right. Uh, I mean, I can almost remember the first <clears throat> medical call I went on to. I was, I mean, couldn't have been more nervous, you know. But when but you're working with. Um, uh, people who have been on the job for longer. And then of course, when you, when you go to a medical call and the paramedics are there and they're the, obviously the hierarchy of medical personnel and, and the, you know, uh, the stuff they have to know is, um, you know, unbelievable. So you, yeah. you feel, you learn, I, I learned a lot from them actually from watching them at calls and on their patient, uh, uh, demeanor, how they, you know, how they, how they talk to them and, and treatment, patient treatment and a lot of things I did pick up a lot of great, um, uh, tools um so to speak uh over the years of watching uh, the paramedics had a call so and ronnie you were uh you were one of the uh well you're special in many ways but uh um you were one <laughs> so, of the special paramedics in this province that you you got to do that fire slash paramedic yeah. thing that um my personal opinion, I wish that's the way we would, we would have uh, had have gone uh, a number of years ago when the swimmer report came out. Yep. Uh, oh. Dr. Swimmer, uh, do, you, do you remember that at all? Chris? I do. Uh, I actually, no. I have the copy of it. Yeah. Still. So Dr. Swimmer, uh, they, they were just looking at the whole 911 thing here in the province. And they're going, uh, 
how can we streamline it? How can we make it better, stronger? And he did a, a year-long study uh, on fire okay. and on uh, EMS. And basically in its most simplest, bastardized form, he came down and said, simply, you should amalgamate the two. Right. should amalgamate the two uh, and cross-train. For those that want to cross-train, you should cross-train. And I was more than excited Um uh, but uh, the bigger brains, the bigger people in this province, uh, and I don't know whether it came from fire or EMS, I don't know here, or a combination of, but it got squashed. Mm -hmm. it <clears throat> but you had the opportunity to do that, right? Yeah. Shout out to uh, Ancaster Fire Guys. Captain Jones was my captain. Yeah. In Ancaster, I was one of the six advanced care paramedics for paramedics being hired when Hamilton Region went from uh, Fleetwood and Superior into Hamilton Region. Right. So I was one of the six that were hired, and um, the way they initiated in, uh, for Hamilton Region at first was starting with uh, working with the fire department. So I went to Ancaster Fire Hall. Captain Jones was my captain. Um, he was a, a very um, approachable, humble man, and uh, he just said, look, you know, you guys are the medical um, authority on, on calls, medical and trauma, and I'll take a direction from you. He said, but my job is to keep you guys safe, my team safe. So we really, I, I learned right from the get-go get -go, the, the teamwork that's involved. So yeah. uh, when it came to training the volunteers, he said, okay, everybody just, you know, put your helmets off. And, and I helped out with the health and safety and the training of first aid and uh, medical stuff. And it was kind of cool because the, the first impression I got things were different was the mayor of Ancaster gave me the, the mayoral pin. Yes. Welcome to Ancaster nice. Fire. Yeah. And then uh, on one of the calls, they knew that we were humping and we we're a really busy day. The guys are back at the station and Captain Jones calls me and says, uh, how do you like your steak? And I went, <laughs> steak? I got I got cans of beans, man. That's I, I see cans of beans, right? Cause just, he says, no, how do you want your steak? I said, I like mine between rare, medium, rare. And he says, okay, let me know when you're coming down the, the main Wilson Drive and we'll, we'll get it going. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, pull into the hall. The guys already ate a long time ago, and there's my steak with mushrooms and everything. But it was, um, you know, what Brian said about the Zoom report. I know there's a lot of political and egotistic, and um, uh, there's a lot of agendas that were going on. Mm. But the the teamwork, I, I really appreciated. I, I never felt unsafe on, I did some mountain rescues because I worked okay. in Hamilton, so we did a lot of waterfall rescues, people falling off the escarpment. Um, so I, I learned about rope safety and things like that. Mm -hmm. I was tied off in car accidents in case the car rolled over. If I was in a rollover, they could pull me out, things like that. Things I never saw in EMS that if it was incorporated would keep the men and women who yep. are paramedics a lot safer, a lot wiser, okay. and, a, and a better appreciation of the, the synchronicity that's involved in rescuing or saving someone's life in a, in a big um, multi-casual incident or a car accident or industrial. So that's what I took away from the fire was the, was the teamwork and, and the trust in one another. Yeah. No, I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Ronnie. I, I wish I had the opportunity and, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, EMS services, they're out of the fire halls right now, right, Chris? They're, they're, they're some, some, some of them not, are not in Waterloo right at the moment. Not in Waterloo. No, no, okay. no, but there are some parts there that, that are running both agencies. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You know, because there's been this long-standing thing, like let's address a little bit of the elephant in the room that, <laughs> oh you know, that uh, uh, EMS and fire didn't get along with certain stuff. I mean, 
you're going to have those firefighters and you're going to have those paramedics, those police officers that are just going to be those people. But I mean, for the most part, no, we all get along quite well. Yeah. I, I think it's just like any other workplace. I mean, you have just different personalities. And, exactly. And, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, we're trying to do the same thing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 So you enjoy being a firefighter. You got yeah. four more years. Yeah, it's going to go by fast. I'm it telling is. you. It's going to yeah. go by super fast. You know, I was told that 15 years ago and <laughs> we got four left. You know? Yeah. Well, at least exactly. you have you have the luxury, Brian. And Brian's career ended in 2017, 2016. Mine ended in 2011. And it was like, Brian and I, Brian's a Toronto Maple Leaf fans, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> yes, I am. But, but I said to Brian, you know what it was like? It was like as if you, Brian was heavily involved in hockey and at a very high level. Um, it was like sitting on the bench for the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're finally made the first line. You're on the penalty kill. Yeah. You got the big contract and all of a sudden someone taps you on the shoulder and says, get off the bench and you get off the bench. You walk down the hallway and there's your kit bag. Go through that door. You go through the door and the door shuts. And that's what it was like for Brian and I. It was yeah. that abrupt. You have the luxury of four years right now yeah. to, to really embrace the, the time that you've had and to impart your wisdom and your knowledge mm. and your experience and to uh, uh, empower a lot of people. Wow. A, lot, yeah. a lot of the young men and women who are coming up who are thinking, I don't know if I want to be in, in policing or paramedicine or mm -hmm. a firefighter. And you have that opportunity because of all the things you're involved in right. to impart that type of wisdom. So you yeah. have that luxury, bro. Yeah, that's interesting to put it that way. Um, I have some really good friends that are, are involved in all three you know, agencies. And yeah. so it's, it's just uh, <clears throat> fire is not for everybody or paramedicine or, or police. I mean, it's all about the individuals. So it is uh, whatever I know <clears throat> from my friends and myself, uh, personal experiences to say, you know, well, this is actually what we do and what we don't do. Right. And this is what I know of police work. And because my, uh, my old man was a, was a cop. Right. And, um, and, and friends. And uh, so um, whatever I can kind of tell them about what I, what I know to help, make their decision. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody uh, came forward to you and said, I'm thinking about being a firefighter. You'd say, Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Go yeah. for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Run for us. <laughs> Run. <laughs> no, that that's cool. But uh, the thing is, is that it's, uh, um, I want to tell them really, you know what we do. Cause it's not go, go, go all the time. No. Right. Nope. There's a lot of downtime, which is uh, maybe not uh, appealing to some people. Right. Whereas from my ex knowledge with, with, <clears throat> paramedics it's they're just going going yeah. constantly yeah know? here in the uh the region uh our ems service is taxed a hundred percent they're yeah. they're pretty much a go-go for their their entire shift yeah they do have some downtime but it's not very often now no. so uh i mean we're we're no different than anywhere else right now we're a little bit understaffed undermanned uh we we could use some more uh vehicles on the road <clears throat> but we're getting there. Uh, yeah. You know, the executive are working on that. That's, that's at that level. Right, that's right. outside of our pay that's, grade. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have uh, access to that. Have you ever uh, fought a big fire, Chris? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah? this, uh, with the fire protection services uh, um, in each city, uh, the, the big fires are not as common, right? I mean, there was, yeah. more, there was more when I first got hired. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm so of course now that I'm at a small, like a substation, it's not as busy. And again, the area is fairly new. So the, your homes are provided with up to date, you know, smoke detectors and fire alarm systems so that yeah. the, uh, uh, there's not as many as, as there used to be. Mm -hmm. No, but, uh, when I first started, there was some, some, I don't, I don't want to say some good ones. I mean, I'm no. not saying that there were some, you know, <clears throat> quite 
active working uh, structure fires for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like to be inside of a burning building? Well, um, can you describe it? Or is it when you put the gear on, you know, when you, when you, and it it really kind of, it's, it's a different world because you're kind of feeling closed a little bit because you've got this, uh, you know, mask on your brain. The BA? Yeah, there you go. Oh my God. (laughs) All right. You had an MA, man. Come on, (laughs) give me a break. But I mean, this, your drilling is running just like you would with, uh, with, I think any other type of call from different agencies. It's just, uh, it's the, you know, you're there for a reason and things are happening and you want to make some changes. You want to do good. Yeah. So um, it's a quite, uh, it's yeah. a bit of a rush. But you you know, you're going in with people, so you feel more comfortable and yeah. you've got great equipment and uh, it's yeah. it's going to, it's going to go well, especially with the training you take. It's, it's going to go, it's going to go well. Can you think of a, a call uh, where, you know, the medic's armor is, you know, their, their, their knowledge base, their preparatory uh, training, you know, the, the equipment that they use, your armor was the gear, the bunker gear that you wore, your breathing apparatus, all that stuff. Was there ever a time when you were on a call, it's like, shit, this is not good enough. I'm in trouble. I got to say no. I mean, like, we are provided with uh, top top line gear. Every department is. Right. I mean, the, the, the days mm-hmm. of going into to calls with uh, uh, running in there with, yeah. with uh, nothing. With the coat open oh, and your hair man, flowing yeah. and the axe that. in your yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The- What's that movie with the Kurt Rock? Backdraft? Rock- oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you watch that. It's kind Backdraft? Of, yeah, yeah. It's quite calm. Isn't that mandatory? <laughs> <laughs> so you watch that. It's not like that at all. No. Um, no. So, I mean, uh, um, it's changed so much over the years yeah. with health and safety and, and uh, cancers and stuff like that. So we've got to, um, we're well looked after. So have you done uh, a call in situation? I've you know Brian and I responded to calls where there was a firefighter down. Okay. Um, and we had to respond because it was a medical or a trauma concern and, and rescuing. Were you involved in situations where you're focusing on a certain task? Cause every firefighter that goes in a call, yeah. right? You got the safety officer, what's your job? You know, right. here's your breathing tank and right. this is on your, you go in and you're focusing on a certain thing yeah. and all of a sudden you hear a firefighter down. Right. Yeah. Changes the whole. It does. Right. One call particularly that, that I wasn't there, but, uh, I think I was in the, in the next day and, and, uh, a buddy had, uh, from work, uh, the crew went in and they, uh, were doing, working a, uh, working structure fire, a, house, a residential home yeah. and the floor gave way. Yeah. So he, he went through. Mm-hmm. So that change from a, you know, uh, importance of a structure fire to uh, a medical uh, call uh, yeah. immediately. He, he was, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But so then, you know, um, he gets looked after from, from the uh, fire crew to bring him out and paramedics looked after him. So that's the one that stands out in my mind, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing to nothing that I've responded to personally uh, that, that, that I could comment on, but that's just that one call that I, that I, re- I remember. So let's uh, let's talk about your your ten other things that you got. I going know, on here. I know. Like I don't you're know. you're freaking crazy, buddy, buddy, buddy. You just got it going on here. <laughs> I so just can't say no. I uh, can't say no. So first aid and CPR, you got that going on. Yeah, I started that about uh, twenty years ago. I was actually talking to the to my uh, to a platoon chief yesterday, and we were talking about this very thing, saying, you know, I still remember the day when I became part of the first aid committee at work. I did that so I could feel much more comfortable in dealing with the medical calls that we're going to. So I said, you want to be part of the uh, first aid community? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, <laughs> you said and, yes to everything. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was my problem. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, I think it was maybe a year later, my platoon chief came, came up and says, listen, you know, my wife's dental office needs CPR training. Can you do this? I said, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can get all the ducks in a row, but, but, uh, sure enough, because of yeah. the certification that I had, I was able to do that. And that was the beginning of 
you know, it's still ongoing. There's still right. the same. I'm still teaching his wife, uh, uh, uh the uh, CPR after right. all this time. Right. Yeah. So it's just kind of, uh, um, it just grew and grew and grew. Yeah. Uh, but now you have a lot more people who are doing that. Right. And, you know, firefighters and paramedics and, uh, who, who are bringing their knowledge to the program. So right. it's definitely helped me to be, um, a better firefighter by teaching all these first aid courses. And it's, um, it's maybe better at my full-time job, which nice. is, this is my kind of, that's my priorities, my full-time job. Yeah. It's, it's made me more comfortable to, uh, to deal with, uh, these, um, uh, the calls that we go on. Sure. And like I said, not to, not to forget that, that over the years of watching, really paying attention to patient care, uh, from, from the paramedics has helped me out tremendously. Uh, I mean, everybody has their own way of, 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 of talking to somebody who's not well, but this is real. This is like a real thing going on here. And, and yeah. when they, when they arrive and they take over as, as they, as, as they do, right. Yeah. Because they're, they're, uh, of their training. It's, it's interesting to watch how, how they do things. I think I'm going to do that next time. Yeah. I'm going to ask those questions next time. It's just right. helped me. So oh. yeah, I've been doing that for 20 years now. Oh yeah. Simon Medical Services. Oh, there boy. you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My son-in-law, Simon, uh, is a, uh, lineman with Waterloo Hydro. Oh, right. And he said, uh, we get talking about this. And he goes, you mean Chris Evans? And I'm going, yeah, that guy. He goes, I know that guy. He comes in and does all our training. Well, so. he's even connected with Cato yeah. and Center of the Square. That's you do, right. a lot, you do yeah. all the safety That's work right. at Center of the Square. So speaking of that, when, when because um, if you've ever been to the Center of the Square, they have some you know amazing uh, auditorium to do the shows. So when we're doing the first day training, I like to incorporate um, situations that would deal with a, a patient in the auditorium who's collapsed. So things that uh, I would only have picked up from my full, uh, my full-time job and things I would picked up from paramedics, watching them in terms of how to properly prop lift and move right. and get them out of there and things to do and things not to do. So yeah, yeah, we've done some interesting training at the, um, at the center. Well, the, the next sure. training you do, at Center of the Square, I want to be a patient, and I want to be Cato's patient. I'm going to be the biggest pain in the ass. You mean it gets worse? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got, uh, so you got all that going on, full yeah. time firefighting, yeah. uh, and you're the lockbox. I know. That's just well. It was an opportunity. That's cool. It's it, it got interesting. I had a buddy of mine at work, and we're doing some drywall together and this guy's, you know, every workplace has one where there's this one person, guy or girl, that just like knows a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> where they're really handy with their hands and just knows a lot of stuff. And this is this one guy, he's retired now, but he says to me, you know, those, um, those lock boxes that we use to uh, gain entry into buildings he says, yeah, well, we should develop something for senior citizens and, and other at risk groups because there really isn't something out there that deals with that. And I said, hey, that got, that was the switch that went on. So we developed, I actually patented a product that uh, gets uh, installed in the, in the cab. It's called a dog house or it can go in the, anywhere in the truck. That um, is a, a really, really good um, key management system. So every city, uh, every fire department has certain keys that, that open up uh, various places in the city. Yeah. So this box, it's called strong box. It actually keeps uh, uh, all the keys secure. It makes it impossible to leave them at a scene, uh, to take uh, throw them in your bunker gear. So it, it keeps them always accountable, right? Right. And then there's the other side of it where we're able to get into someone's home uh, immediately. There's this misconception that if we respond to someone's home for a 911 call, if we can't get in, that we just kick the door in. But we don't do that. Right. I mean, there has to be a probable cause, right? So arriving there and you can look inside and see somebody lying on the ground. Uh, this is my own my own take on this, by right. the way, right? You know, you look inside and see somebody there or you arrive and see some smoke inside. That's 
you're going to go in hard, right? Right. But other than that, we do respond to a lot of calls, and I think paramedics uh, uh, and police do as well, where they're not quite sure what's going on. Right. So because the call was generated, and if the residential home has this uh, lockbox that's, um, you know, it's recessed right into the brick, you can't knock it off, it has a copy of the, of the key inside, if the department is on board, they become a, a you know, a, a partner with Safe System. They have the special uh, um, electronic key that just opens up the lockbox. They grab the key and they're in immediately. Nice. But this whole program has kind of taken on some other issues that that were uh, uh, that we've been dealing with for the last year or many years, uh, specifically with paramedics, is dealing with medical information, getting that med- medical information from somebody that uh, may not be able to speak for themselves, and the DNR as well, the do not resuscitate. So. Um, you ask some senior citizens about a DNR and either they're not quite sure what it is mm-hmm. or they're not aware that they actually have to have, we, paramedics and fire, have to have at least a copy, Ron? Right. A copy <clears throat> of the DNR in order to stop CPR efforts. So right. we've developed part of, the, uh, of this program is a simple cylinder, plastic tube that hangs from the fridge um, and has all the medical information, contact information, uh, and the DNR. And this is, we're not the first person to come up with this. I mean, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but we've just addressed some issues where um, we can get to this information quicker. There was a an interesting program that started called Vial of Life, and I'm not quite sure. Ron, have you ever heard of oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and great. I mean, it's a great program <laughs> to help uh, uh, EMS or emergency services personnel obtain information. But yeah. I think it you know was involved a... a pill bottle uh with with some stuff yeah. written down a piece of paper and and yeah. and thrown in the back of the freezer behind uh, and the peas on the yeah. pork chops right <laughs> but again not discounting the program it's great to have that but now it's been changed and, and i think uh some paramedic uh uh departments have uh developed their own pad that hangs from the fridge as well which yeah. is great we just took it to another level to address the dnr issue right so yeah that's uh safe system secure and fast entry holy hannah i know all right, so let's just move on to job number 10. <laughs> uh, and this is the one that's near and dear to uh, to us here at Frontline Ford. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, you and I connected through friends, and uh, yeah. uh, the company's called Back in Service. It is, yeah. What a cool name. Thanks. Did you come up with that? Well, uh, I'm... I'm sure I'm not the first person to come up with a phrase, but it just kind of like I said, well, I got a, I got this other business venture I'm doing. I got to call it something. Yeah. And it just kind of made sense. You know, I think it's fantastic. So um, tell us about it. It's pretty much, uh, again, I'm not the first person to do it. No. But just putting a little bit, a bit of a different kind of a sure. spin on things. Back in service is taking decommissioned fire gear and hose and repurposing it. Yeah. So there are only a few options that I'm aware of that uh, are available to for fire departments when their gear goes de- decommissioned after about t- 10 years. And there's an NFPA standard. I think it's 1851. Uh, we were talking about that this morning. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's close to what it was that, right. that states that the gear has to be destroyed. So in t- instead of it going to uh, the landfill, uh, there's another option, a great organization called uh, Firefighters Without Borders. And they can take the gear that's that's given to them from other departments and send it over to third world countries, which makes makes sense. Sure. So another option that they can do is to I, I purchase it from departments and get it cleaned, and we turn it into all kinds of stuff like sport bags. Yeah. Right. Like you know, this one here. This is a this is a, a bunker coat. This is so this is a coat. Right. Nothing. That's awesome. I, well, nothing on this bag 
has been added except this um that's not you know do part for, of the gear well yeah or or do for uh the garbage okay for example um so you've got the bag here right and you've got all kinds of pockets on the inside you've got the officer's radio pocket right here i love it uh the uh the the two pockets on the coat on yeah that, right and then you've got um we, we incorporated the fall arrest uh vest that that you know would just go to the garbage right so um the the girl that does uh, this for me she does an amazing job and she just uh, every bag is unique there's not one the same okay right so these straps here are used for the rescue straps and in, uh, in, in that are, are tucked in behind the uh, the bunker coat so that for for uh right. rapid removal <clears throat> so yeah that's the bag this is a smaller one that we first started with uh same same kind of thing so i just i, I went to her and i said can you make it bigger? You know, yeah. she said, sure. So she, that's why we came up with the larger sport bag. Yeah. And then we're taking a high volume hose and turning them into uh, belts. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're not all that pretty, but I mean, it's, it's kind of unique, right? Can I, see, can I see one of those? Yeah, sure. There's one there with, uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I've got a, I've got a dog leash around here somewhere, but we turn, uh, turn it, you know, simple yeah, yeah. dog leash, right? Yeah. Um, couple other things that we did was we took the hose and you know cleaned it yep. and uh, again it's such a it seems like such a waste but instead of uh, putting it at the landfill uh turning it into like a wine bottle you know when you give somebody a bottle of wine christmas yeah. in a paper bag yeah well you put it in hose and it creates a bit of there's a bit of a story to it right awesome um so i recently found out this would be interesting with a couple of uh, cans of beer for some of the microbreweries as yeah. a, as an interesting uh gift and i think you've got a friend of yours i do we're uh, we're gonna reach out to uh to waterloo brewing here and uh just see if we can uh make a connection there and, and, and see what we can do so yeah they're Great. just down the street and we've worked with them uh on other projects so far so uh hopefully they'll be interested in this as well so, oh cool yeah um and even something like this i mean this shows better on the um, the website but there's a you put a candle inside here you can put a fern this is a hundred mil coupling yeah you know and it's got some serious weight to it but it but yeah. it's uh it's decommissioned it's, right. it's no good anymore right but some of the interesting things that we're doing with this project yeah is it's not just taking that gear and repurposing it but we're even taking the inside liner of the coat the thermal layer and where uh the girl who does this amazing work for me uh she's she's made it so that uh it's a jacket and it uh, we're we're donating to the uh, out of the coal programs, mm -hmm. just to you know it's, yeah. it's again keeping it out of the landfill, but it's repurposing for the homeless it, people. Yeah, yeah repurposing right. it right, yeah. uh, taking a percentage of the of the uh, sales and allocating them towards the local food bank. But in this case, with Frontline Forward, we did something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, got to purchase the bike. Yeah, you did, and happy to do that. Well. But we couldn't be more appreciative. Well, I'm happy to do it because it's, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, this, this project. It's but it's kind of taking on a life it's, of its own. It wasn't supposed to get this <laughs> big. Uh, it just started out from me going out to the East Coast to see my buddy who I met in far school, and right. he, he took me to a local uh, uh, like a flea market, and there's a firefighter there selling some stuff made out of old hose. Yeah, how cool is that? So I bought. I would for five years I was buying stuff from him just to give away to clients, friends and family, whatever. And then a good friend of mine who remained nameless, uh, he said, you should do that here. Right. And I said, all right then. So then right. that's when it started. And, and you know, there's uh, all kinds of stuff coming down the pipe. There's uh, computer right. bags, uh, you know, laptop bags yeah. rather. And uh, yeah. And you and I have, uh, I've been talking, um, 
So we've we've collaborated our two efforts here with Back in Service right. and with Frontline. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, some of your stuff here. Yeah, people thanks can for that. purchase right here. Uh, they can go on the website. Uh, on our website, and then they'll link them right over uh, to you. Okay. Uh, and, uh, like, what, you know, you and I were talking about this. Like, when I retired from the air ambulance program, like, it, it's beautiful. I, I take nothing away from it. It's a big picture frame and all right. the guys signed in and all that. Right. But what a cool thing is to have your bunker gear, your jacket, whatever, and have it made into something that you can take with you yeah. forever in a day. Yeah, that's you what know? I was thinking of, too, is, is yeah. we, you know, we, we, we uh, each department, paramedic, police, fire, I think they have their own kind of um, uh, traditions. But when they when somebody right. retires, right? Right. Big meal, probably. Yeah. And then, you know, something to take home um, uh, for themselves. But yeah. how interesting would it be to maybe uh, have their own bunker coat made into a sport bag or for um, we'd like to eventually incorporate paramedic uh, uh, and police gear that that gets decommissioned yeah instead of it being thrown out yeah you and i talked about this that uh we'll uh, we'll start the uh, the efforts here to reach out to ems and to uh, police as well and and do the exact same thing because i think it's just the coolest project now could people like right now chris could because it's just fire gear right now say could a firefighter like get in touch with you and yep. say i'm you know i'm still on the job but uh they're going to decommission my gear can I send that to you and you make that into a bag? They would have to have that approved through their department. Okay. Because I said it. every department yeah. has its own policies. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, the, the logistics of it might get a little bit tricky. But if it was, you know, uh, if I developed a relationship with that department and we had a, we had a plan in place to say, okay, this stuff is not going to be used other than being made into what yeah. about two retired paramedics that have their own personal gear that's lying around collecting money? <laughs> Buddy, for you, Ron. And we just, no, I, I'm not, hey, I didn't mention I, any I names know, here. Not, uh, and we just said, hey, we got some stuff. Can you turn it into a computer bag and a duffel yes, bag? Yeah, this is what I want to do with this thing. It's yeah. just, I guess, like getting a life of its own. And, yeah. and I would really like to be able to do that. And uh, um, the possibilities, I think, are endless. So yeah. um, it's, it has a, an interesting um, full circle uh, a story to it like you know we're keeping it out of out of the landfill i'm not quite sure what what you would do with your gear when it gets you know basically the same thing just it goes yeah. to landfill it yeah. just gets yeah destroyed. so, so. It, it's uh yeah we're 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 coming up with some in, in, interesting products and ideas and and it's just keeps on growing so yeah absolutely and you're looking at you're looking at the potential of actually like with the bell to be kind of neat to emboss a crest of, of where you worked or that you were a medic or a firefighter or your badge number that can be done. or a quote or something yeah, like that, like that the embossing itself, the crusting. and Absolutely. You know, yeah. Even make on, it very personal. Yeah. You know, people can buy that and have embroidery done on it or, or we're even taking, like I said, someone's coat, a uh, fire coat that has uh, their name on or a police jacket. With well, you with, have uh, the Mennonite lady. You, she can emboss the names or stuff. Right? Absolutely. You about, yep. Cool stuff. Really kind of making yeah. it neat. How, uh, so people can go on the Frontline 4 website, they can be linked over to you, or how can people get in touch with you, Chris? They can uh, check out backinservice.ca. Okay. Yeah, that'd be probably the best thing. All the contact information is on there. They can view what we've got, and uh, it's, uh, look forward to hearing from people, maybe with ideas that they've got. So, yeah, you should make this. Yeah, absolutely. No? Absolutely. Any more ideas? Any more uh, projects? There's always things cooking up there. <laughs> Upstairs. I don't oh, think it's no, no, it's not. No, no. Well, this is awesome. Uh, you got some great stuff going on. Thank you for the service that you do for the region here, Chris. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to chat. Yeah, you know, uh, 
uh, we all take it for granted uh, that at the end of uh, those three little numbers, uh, you dial nine one one. The men and women that respond in this region, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's an incredible group of people. We got a great service here, great fire, police, EMS. Um, here to serve and protect, and uh, thank you for the service you do. Proud to be a part of it. Yeah, awesome. Well, we've come down near the end of the show. Yeah. Wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> no. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Next time, you got to bring food, though. Come on. <laughs> bring them so the wraps. We're going to do, do wraps, and we're going to chat. It might get a bit missy, but <laughs> Wait, sure. Yeah. Hey, that's okay, too. <laughs> I have my stretchy pants on everything. Man. Come on. <laughs> we'll do the stretchy pants <laughs> and all that. Uh, Chris, again, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, again, how do people get in touch with you? Backinservice.ca. Fantastic. Teaching every person out there, thank you for taking time out of your day. I hope we entertain you. hope you learned something. Uh, Chris is just an incredible individual uh, with some pretty special stuff going on. Uh, check out this stuff. Uh, great gifts for your uh, for your husbands, for your wives, aunts, uncles. Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is coming up. Right so on. there we go. Thanks, buddy. little plug. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Much appreciated. All right. Thank you.